Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Guaranteed Rate Field is Chicago. It's the Cleveland Guardians 4, the Chicago White Sox 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game in the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And that's right, he's back. He's back in the CLE. He's back on the good microphone. And you crack me up, morning people, because I got to tell you, one of the top listened to episodes of the entire season was the one from two days ago where I'm driving to the airport at 3.30 in the morning, rambling to keep myself awake until I could get on the plane and fall asleep. So you crack me up, morning people. You've been loyal all season. And of course, the episode that pops off is the one where uh, it's probably the worst audio quality of the entire season. But Keep it up. Keep listening. Keep spreading the news about Cleveland baseball mornings. I, you know, if we picked up some new listeners, welcome, welcome to the show. If you're someone who is like, all right, I am in the mood for baseball talk as this team heads towards an American League Central Division title, heads towards the playoffs. I want a little more baseball in my life. Welcome to the show. We talk baseball. We talk real baseball on this podcast. And you know what? Uh, if you're a listener on uh, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, I don't think it's iTunes anymore, is it? On Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rating and review. It's been a while since I've asked you, morning people. We've been at 19 uh, five-star. We're an all-five-star reviewed podcast. Let's keep it rolling. Let's get a few more reviews up there before we hit the playoffs, right? Let people know about the show It helps people find us. It helps us pop up in the searches a little higher. Um, You know, help people find the show. Leave a five-star rating and review on any podcast, uh, on any app you're listening on, but especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Let's bump this thing over 20. We've been sitting on 19 reviews for a while now. Let's bump this thing over 20. So it only takes a second or two. Click that five stars. Write a few words. It really helps people find the show and learn about the show. So thank you so much, Morning People, for all your support. All right, let's get into the storylines of this game. And, you know, I'm going to use a football analogy because it was a night where the Browns were also playing the Cleveland Browns. Uh, If you're not a local Clevelander, if you just pick up this, uh, you know, this podcast, this baseball team because you love baseball and for some reason you fell in love with the Guardians, our football team was also playing last night, and it was tough. It was difficult to watch both, but I I pulled it off. I was also, you know, putting the baby to bed and, uh, you know, making dinner. So it, it all worked. I got to experience both games at the same time. Uh, it helped that the baby went to bed exactly at halftime of the football game. So uh, that helped me out. But, yeah, uh, I got to use a football analogy here because... You know, one thing our football team is known for is running the ball. And the one thing running the ball does is it's a slow and steady offensive approach. It controls, you know, the possession. It controls the clock. And uh, it grinds down the other team. It's it's a more nuanced approach than, uh, you know, throwing big, you know, 60-yard bomb passes down the field, Right. It's a little more nuanced approach. It's a little more skillful. It's a little more uh, fundamental football. And that's exactly what the Guardians did last night to beat the Chicago White Sox. Fundamentals, a slow grind. 
They score in three different innings. They score in the first, third, and fifth to set themselves up with a nice, comfortable lead. Man, slow and steady really does win the race for the Guardians. Being aggressive, doing the fundamentals, running the bases the right way. Like, they just, man, they just really play good, solid baseball. And, uh, yeah, sure, they the White Sox hit their big solo home run. Sure, all right. Uh, in the eighth inning, but it's a solo home run. It does them nothing. It does them no good. They're down four two. They needed a rally, not a solo home run. And they, except for the first inning where they get a two out quick rally, two batters back to back, they can't rally. They can't. They get guys on against Bieber, and the White Sox cannot rally like we do. They don't run the bases hard enough, and they just don't come up with that timely hit like we do. So it was interesting. I, I don't know if this was an actual quote from the White Sox at the beginning of the season. I heard this from someone. Someone said they told the base runners not to run hard to save their legs. Like they were specifically instructed to take it easy on the base paths to save their legs all season. How'd that work out for them? That's horrible coaching. Whereas the Guardians are flying around the bases, going first to third. Scoring from first base when they need to. Like, you know, legging out doubles, legging out triples in this one for Quan. The Guardians run the base as hard as, hard as anybody in the league. And, uh, yeah, that's why they're winning the American League Central right now. All right, so <laughs> let's get into some specifics. Uh, so uh, the first inning, I you know, I'm going to go offensively to kick things off. And because uh, they come out and they... Quan doesn't get a leadoff hit. The streak comes to an end. Rosario can't either, but Ramirez does. He gets a little tiny dribbler uh, towards third base that he legs out. A little jam job single from Jose Ramirez to kick things off. Naylor shoots one through the right side. Even with the overshift on, he finds the hole over there. So Naylor with a single. Ramirez first to third. Look at him burn. First to third. And that brings up Andres Jimenez. And Andres Jimenez would lay down a bunt single to score with two outs. He's bunting for a base hit, people. This isn't some safety squeeze or something like that. This is him bunting for a base hit. He's going to do it wherever and whenever he feels like he can do it. And sure enough, it brings Ramirez home from third. It's a beautiful job of getting that RBI and getting that, yeah, getting that first run across in the first inning. Man, it just feels so good. Wipe that zero off the board. Well, they do answer back. The White Sox, I'll give them credit. They get a two-out rally of their own. Uh, Jose Abreu smacks a double, 105.8 off the base of the wall in right field. Uh, he really unloaded on one. Maybe, maybe if it's not Gonzalez in right field, somebody makes that catch going back on the ball. But it would have been a really difficult catch. It would have been a hell of a highlight reel catch if they weren't able to come up with it. I mean, he had a 770 expected batting average. So, you know what? I'm going to lay off Oscar Gonzalez on that. Uh, but then Aloha Menez comes up, and he shoots a single at 101.2 miles per hour uh, and uh, gets their run across the board. All right. Two out rallies. You know, we put one up. They answer back. Uh, now we go to work uh, in the third inning. And again, the White Sox are just... One of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball. And how many times have we seen this series? Them try to pick a runner off at first base and throw it down the right field line. I feel like it's happened in every game this series. Well, Ahmed Rosario kicks things off with a leadoff single in the third. 
a wild pickoff attempt, and he goes all the way to third base. I mean, doesn't hesitate at all rounding second, doesn't have to look back for the ball. He knows exactly where that ball went and exactly how much speed he's got to burn to get all the way to third. And then Jose Ramirez, again, this is that running the ball analogy. This is the doing the little things, right? Doing the fundamentals. You got a runner on third, less than two outs. Use one of your ways to get him in. And he does. A sacrifice fly to right field brings in Ahmed Rosario to score. All right, two to one. We break the tie right there. All right, the rally ends there, but Jose Ramirez uses uh, his fundamentals and gets that big sack fly. Then in the fifth inning, it's the Guardians combo that I am just loving. Straw in the nine hole right now. Quan in the leadoff spot. Straw sparks another rally. You got to give Miles Straw credit. He look, He's not going to get the batting average up to 250 before this thing is over. But Straw has been a little bit steady of late in that nine hole in the lineup. And he sets himself up here. He ropes a single in the right field. 95.3 mile per hour exit velocity. And then Quan gets a triple, another triple in the right field. This time, the uh, it's not past a diving right fielder. This time, he just really hits that right center field gap. And uh, legs it out. Straw scores all the way from first. And uh, he legs himself out a triple, an RBI triple. Puts himself on third base. After an Ahmed Rosario unfortunate line out, Jose Ramirez comes out, one out, runner on third. What does he do? Sack fly to left field this time. Uh, it's deep enough. Left field's always a little tricky, but it's deep enough that Quan's able to come in and score easily. So a big, big RBI here for Jose Ramirez. Two sack fly RBIs in back-to-back at-bats from Jose Ramirez. Uh, do you think this guy cares about... Uh, you know, filling up the stat sheet right, yeah, going for the league lead. Maybe in RBIs he does. Maybe he's going for that RBI title, trying to catch a uh, judge for that. But uh, yeah, he just plays such good fundamental baseball. That's why we love Jose Ramirez. Sure, he could have hit two two run home runs here, right? That would have been flashy as hell. But no, two sack flies brings in two big runs, and you know what? They'd be the difference in the game. They would be the difference in the game. So appreciate Jose Ramirez, even when he's hitting sack flies and not home runs. Uh, Straw, by the way, in his last seven games, he's hitting 333 with over a 900 OPS, a 948 OPS. In his last 15 games, he's hitting 352 with uh, over an 800 with an 870 OPS. And even in his last 30 games, it's a 260 batting average. With eh, all right, the OPS is a little lower, a 642, uh, 642 OPS. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's me doing some quick math in my head, if you couldn't tell there. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's it's not bad, it's not bad lately for Miles Straw. I, I will take that every day of the week for my number nine hitter. Uh, if he plays the defense, he plays, if he runs the bases like he runs the bases, uh, I will take that from my number nine hitter now. Uh, obviously the outfield is getting more and more crowded as the days go on with Brennan now up here delivering. Uh, and don't forget George Valera is coming up fast. I mean, spring training next year, we're going to be talking a lot of George Valera and figuring out where he's going to fit in. So this outfield is only going to get more crowded with more talent coming. All right. So, uh, Naylor would double after that, but, uh, Jimenez would walk, but unfortunately Gonzalez would strike out. It was a tough strikeout. Cueto had him. Uh, gets him to chase a breaking ball down and away and strikes him out to end that threat. 
Uh, and that would kind of be it offensively for the Guardians. Uh, Jimenez would be the only other base runner for the rest of the game. He would single in the eighth inning with one out, and that would be it. Uh, so uh, the Guardians do their work. They put up their four runs, and then they let their pitching and their defense speak for them the rest of the game. So let's flip things over to the pitching side of things. And Shane Bieber, another fantastic start. Man, our starters have been great against the White Sox all series. Man, they have really, really let the bullpen rest, right? It's been so good. Bieber goes seven and two-thirds, seven hits, two runs, uh, no walks in this one, five strikeouts. He does give up the solo home run on 100 pitches. He is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times. By the way, Cueto on the other side goes six innings, gives up eight hits, gives up four runs, three earned, one walk, three strikeouts, no home runs on 91 pitches. He's hard hit ten times. So both starters do give up some solid barrels, some solid hard hit balls in this game. But Bieber does a little bit more than Cueto on the day. Well, an inning and two-thirds worth more than Cueto on the day. You know, well, two strikeouts and one walk less uh, than Cueto on the day. Uh, so, yeah. So, a good job by Bieber in this one to kind of win the battle between the starters. And Cueto's a good starter, right? No doubt Cueto's a good starter. But we did just enough against him on the day. So, what was working for Bieber? I told you, he is really enjoying throwing this cutter. And he throws it 32 times on the day, the most of any pitch. 32 times. And it was mostly, I believe, it was mostly to right-handed batters. Uh, lefties got, oh no, lefties got a fair share of them too. Lefties got a fair share of them too. The thing about the right-handed batters, though, is every cutter, almost every cutter, is located in the same spot between the letters and the belt on the outside edge of the plate. Uh, really going there a lot with that cutter. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he really pounds the strike zone against the right-handed batters with that pitch. Wasn't it using it? Wasn't well, he was using it on the 0-0 count. He was using it to start off a few at bats. Um, then when he gets to 1-0, then he's really going to that cutter, really pounding the strike zone with that cutter. So if he falls behind, he's definitely throwing a cutter for a strike there. When he got ahead, he was going more breaking stuff. On 0-1 counts, he would then turn to the knuckle curve or the slider often. Uh, this is off right-handed batters specifically, um, whether it's righties or lefties. Yeah, so if he falls behind, he's going cutter. If he gets ahead, he's going breaking ball. Boy, that's a... That's a decent scouting report for the next team that faces Shane Bieber right there. All right, pay attention to that next time Bieber's on the mound. See if he keeps that same pattern or if he changes something up. Uh, so, yeah, so he throws the cutter the most of every pitch. Look, it's not massive CSW numbers on the day for Bieber. It's only a 28% total CSW. It's a 25% whiff rate. So it's not quite reaching the levels that McKenzie reached uh, two days ago, but still, uh, effective with that pitch. Average exit velocity off it was 87.7. So did a good job of uh, getting a few weak hit balls mixed in there off of that cutter. Uh, then the next most he throws is the knuckle curve, uh, which he's got a 32% whiff rate on that pitch. So a decent job on that. They were aggressively swinging at the knuckle curve too. 86.6 average exit velocity off that. The fastball is next. He threw it 22 times. So the four-seam fastball... We always see guys 
throw the four-seam fastball the most, right? Not Bieber on this day. Now, it's his third most used pitch, and then the slider is last at 18 times. Uh, so yeah, it's really an interesting pitch mix from Shane Bieber on this day. And, uh, what was that fastball velocity? We always got to check that fastball velocity. It was down a little bit. 91 was his average velocity on it. 92.3 he maxed out at. So yeah, fastball velocity down a little bit for him as we get to the end of the season, maybe, or maybe he just wasn't in love with throwing it, right? He just wasn't focusing on it. So he wasn't throwing it as hard as he can. Uh, he was focusing on that cutter and that knuckle curve way, way more. Uh, and of course, let's take a look at his strikeouts. It's four out of five come via the knuckle curve. Uh, he gets Eloy Jimenez at, right at the knees, swinging through one right at the knees. He gets Yasmani Grandal to expand the strike zone and go way down and chase a curveball. Uh, gets Yuan Moncada down there and gets Elvis Andrews basically in the dirt. He does pump a fastball past Andrew Vaughn for a called strike in the to end the first inning. So uh, one fastball and four knuckle curves down at the knees for Shane Bieber. Uh, so yeah, it was just a really, really good, uh, really good job by Bieber. Of he did have to work out of some jams. He wasn't as far ahead in the count as uh, Tristan McKenzie was the other day. Uh, let's see how many players start one zero. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys start 1-0. A couple of them make it. Five of them make it to 2-0. A 3-1 count twice. A 3-2 count a couple of times. So it wasn't as dominant working ahead as um, McKenzie was the other day. But a really solid job. He works out of a jam. Uh, well, he, you know, he survives. He gives up one run in the first uh, works out of a little bit of a jam in the third inning where he gives up back-to-back singles. He then strikes out Moncada and gets Abreu to ground into a double play, which was a really nice combo right there to handle things in the third. That could have gotten ugly. Back-to-back singles to lead off the third inning. In fact, they do exactly what the Guardians do, where the nine-hitter and then turns it over to the top of the lineup to start a rally, but he's able to shut things down. And then he really locks into a groove. Fourth inning goes one, two, three. Ground out, ground out, strike out. Fifth inning goes one, two, three. Line out, ground out, ground out. Sixth inning goes one, two, three. Strike out, ground out, ground out. Back at the top of the order. Uh, the seventh inning, they finally get a two-out single on him. So how many in a row is that that he sets down before they finally get a two-out single in the seventh? But Pollock is forced out to end that threat. And then in the eighth inning, yes, Gavin Sheets does get the home run off him. Uh, where was that pitch located? I believe it was a cutter right at the top of the zone. Let's take a look. Uh, results are a home run. Yep, a cutter right at the top on a 1-1 count. Throws him a cutter that just sits middle of the plate uh, that he's able to get up and launch. It almost kind of works. I mean, it was a pretty slow pitch. It was an 85.8 mile per hour cutter. So it almost works like, you know, a, one of those spinners we always talk about where someone hangs a slider kind of work like that. It was kind of a hanging cutter right there uh, that Sheets nails for a home run. Uh, He is able to get two more outs before giving up a double, and then he's got to go to the bullpen, and he brings in uh, Trevor Steffen, your setup man in the eighth inning. He's got to get one out, and man, Jose Abreu, ultra, ultra aggressive in this at-bat. Starts him off with a first-pitch slider. Interesting. Uh, Goes off speed, gets him to foul it off, 
goes to the top of the zone with a fastball. I like that. Going breaking ball down, fastball high. I like that combo. Uh, fouls that one off. Then he goes even higher with a fastball. He's still right at the top of the strike zone, but goes a little bit higher with a fastball. He fouls that one off. Okay, you just went high twice. Time to go off speed and down. Throws him that nasty splitter. 87.2 mile per hour splitter after some 95, 96 mile per hour heat at the top of the zone. And they say he foul tips it, but he basically swings and misses. Uh, maybe he grazed it a little bit. It seemed like he whiffed it. Uh, he foul tips it for strike three right into the glove of Hedges. So a big job by Trevor Steffen coming in and really, really getting a big strikeout off of, we, as we know, Jose Abreu, one of the best hitters in the American League. So that's a huge matchup for Trevor Steffen. And then Class A is just rock solid in the ninth inning. Strikes out Aloy Jimenez on a cutter away, and they get the fly out of Andrew Vaughn and a Yasmani Grandal ground out to end things. Uh, I do want to shout out some defense in that eighth inning. Um, it was Elvis Andrews' ground ball up the middle. Man, sometimes defense slips through the cracks here. I'm not going to let this one slip through the cracks because Andres Jimenez makes a fantastic backhanded play, sliding up the middle, turning, making the throw, getting Andrews at first base. It's a really good job. It was a 480 expected batting average, so it was a decent shot by Andrews up the middle. Jimenez was just better. And it's interesting because Andrews made a good stop earlier in the game off of uh, Ahmed Rosario. And it's the way Rosario got on in the uh, third inning. But he can't make the throw. Again, fundamentals. If you make a nice diving stop, a sliding stop, you still the key is you still have to get yourself in a good position to throw. I mean, hey, sometimes people make crazy throws, right? What do we see? Um, their second baseman, Harrison, made one like a Superman diving forward and was still able to make a throw to first base. So, yes, it does happen. But 99% of the time, if you're coaching kids out there right now, you, you got to get yourself into a good position to throw, get your hips squared to where you want to throw. you got to lock onto that target, right? Lock on with your eyes and make that throw. And Andrews doesn't do it. He doesn't get his hips in good position to throw, and he throws wide of first base when on Ahmed Rosario's grounder. Here, when uh, Andrews hits a grounder to Jimenez, watch the fundamentals of this play. Because he pops up, his hips are set in a good throwing position, his footwork is solid, his eyes are locked on Naylor. It's a perfect throw to first base to get Andrews. That is good fundamental baseball right there. All right. Uh, yeah, so the Guardians' bullpen is able to come in. They're not, they don't have to blow through the whole bullpen. They use their two guys at the end of the game to finish this thing off and get another save for Emmanuel Classe. His, I don't know if it's still league leading, but it's, if it's not league leading, it's close to 37th save on the season. It was at one point league leading, but you know, that was a few days ago. A lot can happen in baseball over a, a few days. So, yeah, a fantastic job pitching all around from your Cleveland Guardians, and we sweep the White Sox. I mean, a series where the White Sox thought that they were going to climb back into the American League Central. They thought this was going to be the moment where the real chase for the American League Central title began, and instead it might be the series where the chase ends. Look, the magic number is five, and I'm definitely someone who I am not going to start talking trash to the rest of the American League Central until this thing is official, right? But Hedges said it. Uh, you know, they go out there. Wait, wait, I got to get the quote. I got to get the quote for you because it's too good of a quote. The official quote was, 
We don't rise to the occasion. The occasion is every day. That's the Austin Hedges quote. Man, if that doesn't belong on a t-shirt really soon, right? If that's not the, uh, if every day isn't the hashtag for the playoffs coming up, uh, man, their, their marketing team is missing some opportunities. So, uh, yeah, that's how they approach it. And that's how you win a division title. That's how you do it. So, uh, right now we are, uh, if we jump over to the standings, uh, we are now seven games up on the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox are only two games above 500. There's a chance. I mean, if the White Sox really implode from this series, I don't know who they have to face for the rest of the season, but there's a chance that the, the entire American League Central could finish under 500 except for us. I mean, they're really, the Twins are now four games under 500. They're 10 games back. They're done. They are done. So, yeah, the Guardians are really, really pulling away with this division. And it's looking more and more like we're going to be hosting that home wildcard series. Chances are we're not going to catch the Yankees. We're not going to catch Houston for the second spot uh, in the division winners. So we're going to be hosting that home wildcard series. And right now, if it started today, it would be the Seattle Mariners. And frankly, with the way Seattle came in and pitched against us last time, I really don't want it to be the Seattle Mariners. I would like to avoid them a little bit, frankly. Uh, Their pitching was really, really effective against us. We do play the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Tampa Bay Rays are only a half game up for the second wild card. So if we go out there and we can really beat up the Tampa Bay Rays, then we have a chance of facing them in the first round of the playoffs. Now, that's a combination I would like to see. Yes, Tampa Bay is a good team. I think we match up a little better. I think we match up a little better against Tampa Bay than we do against Seattle, at least the way Seattle played the last time they were in Cleveland. So that's what's going on with the playoffs right now. So definitely keep your eyes on Seattle, Tampa Bay, Toronto. If you're scoreboard watching, those are the teams we got to lock in on right now because we got to see who we're playing in the first round. All right, MVP on the day. Man, I mean, the offense was so spread around. Uh, everybody found a way to contribute in this one. Uh, I think I got to go with Shane Bieber again. I think I got to go with the pitching. It was just such a solid performance from Bieber that, uh, yeah, we don't win without him. He really is the most valuable. The guy I was looking at on offense was Andres Jimenez because he makes that great defensive play. He does have the first RBI hit that kicks the game off. He's on base three times, two hits and a walk. So Andres Jimenez puts in a good day at the office, but I think we got to give MVP on the day to Shane Bieber on this one. Just a seven and two thirds of solid, solid baseball. And that stretch in the middle where he shuts down, I think it's 11, 12 batters in a row. 13, no, 13, because he got the strikeout before the ground into a double play. So 13 batters in a row he shuts down in the middle of this game. So Bieber's taking home MVP on the day. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Chicago for the last time this season. It's your Guardians 4, the White Sox 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Who knows, maybe if I come up with that T-shirt myself, I'll be tweeting it out. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland 
Baseball Morning.